hair without a care and makes the happiest sound. Bounce up and down just like a clown. Everyone knows it's Linky. The best present yet to give or get. The favorite all over town. The hit of the day when you're ready to play. Everyone knows it's Linky. It's Linky. It's Linky. For fun is the best of the toys. It's Linky. It's Linky. The favorite of girls and boys. Everyone wants a Slinky, you ought to get a Slinky. And boys and girls, more fun with Slinky Pull Toys, Slinky Caterpillar, Slinky Train, Slinky Hippopotamus. Everyone wants a Slinky Pull Toy. When it comes to a lack of complexity in toys, there is no toy less complex than the Slinky. A toy that was created accidentally, but caught on like wildfire, and it's still pretty popular even today. It really is. It's one of those endearing classics. Just timeless. Mm. This is the story of a toy that is fun for girls and boys. This is Toys R Us. All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Hello again, and welcome back to the Toys R Us podcast, a a podcast where we break down the parts of your childhood that built you up. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me as always is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Hey, humans. And potential house pets that might be listening to this. And aliens and cryptids. Right, especially cryptids. Don't. Suck my blood, please. A skeleton that is sitting behind me. Uh, right, Edgar Allan Bones. Edgar Allan Bones. And He's cool. He's tried to attack me several times. Several times. I think he's okay now. Yeah, I think you've, you've settled the beast. He's fine. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's welcome. Like, we're, we are like super inclusive. Yeah. All are welcome. <laughs> you know? It's true, though. It really is. Unless you're Donald Trump, then fuck you, Donald Trump. That's true. Sorry. He's decidedly not welcome. No. Brian, on the list of movies I fully intend on seeing opening night this year, mm-hmm. Toy Story 4 definitely makes the cut. Oh, for sure. So in honor of that, from now until July, every month we'll have an episode based on a toy in Toy Story. You know, I'm not going to congratulate you too hard on that idea, but it is pretty fucking brilliant. Thank you. Well done. I've watched just a lot of YouTube, and... Well, I mean... That's a big YouTube thing. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. I watch more YouTube than actual cable. Yeah, I do too. Anymore. I just find there's more interesting things. Yes. And if you're flip-flopping or sleeping on the idea of getting YouTube Premium, do not hesitate. Like, I haven't got it, but... It, like, I think I'm going to, because... It's amazing. Especially if you end, if you watch a fuckload of YouTube because you'll never pay for fucking ads. Oh. Like you'll pay pay ten dollars a month, but you don't get ads. You can have YouTube playing in the background on your phone without it being open. Oh fuck! It's only ten bucks. It's only ten bucks. Oh shit! And then there's uh, exclusives that they have on there. Oh yeah, like Cobra Kai and stuff like that. Yes. Hmm. It's it's well worth it. Not a sponsor, <laughs> mind but, you, but well worth it. If you want to sponsor us, YouTube. That'd nah, be cool. That's not gonna happen. YouTube YouTube as a company fucking sucks now. Yeah, I know. You have to be like 
a fundamentalist Christian. Oh, well, that we're not. We're not. We're actually quite the opposite. This episode is full of fundamentalism, as you'll find out. Yeah. Uh, that being said, are you ready to spring on in? <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes, I am absolutely ready to get sprung. Oh, what you pull up stuffed? Yep. Let's go. We start our story in 1943. Oh, where we meet up with a naval mechanical engineer named Richard James. <laughs> Rick James. Rick James. Rick James. Rick James, bitch. Fuck your couch. <laughs> Sorry. What the five fingers say to the face? Slap! I'm Rick James, bitch. That shit, man. It's true. Chappelle show. Ugh. Peak, peak comedy. Peak comedy. Yeah, good old Rick James was stationed smack dab on the Delaware River at the William Cramp and Sons shipyard in Philadelphia. <laughs> William Cramp Crampin's sons? I feel like that's just the Krampus like, <laughs> in disguise. The, like how mobsters had carpet businesses and shit. <laughs> right. William Cement Krampus businesses. Sons. William Krampus sons Krampus <gasps> Krampus. Uh, Skyler, you're not gonna believe this. <laughs> Among the eighteen thousand men and women stationed there, Richard was hell bent on finding a way to keep fragile and sensitive naval equipment stable and safe on board. Of all the moving ships. There you go. That's a pretty smart idea. Absolutely. Because, you know, any type of, like, little fucking wave hits your boat. Yeah, it's sending things Ugh. flying. See, like, videos of people fucking on cruise ships that don't have shit. Oh, now, yeah. And they're just fucking like tables they'll, flying. They'll get hit by a wave and just, like, you just see people. Foosh! Imagine, imagine getting head, hit in the head with, like, a fucking... Heavy Piece ass, like, casino-style <laughs> fucking uh, slot machine or something. Oh. Like, oh. <laughs> everything's in slow motion when you get hurt. Dude, yeah. yeah. Especially, like, I don't know what the hell it is when you hurt yourself. You just run around in a semicircle. Yeah, run like, it off. Ah, kind of walk it off. This isn't even fucking helping in any way. Yeah. Yeah. So he was hell-bent on finding a solution for that. A noble endeavor. Uh, and accidents happen when you're trying to bring something new into the world. Like you know? microwaves. Yeah. Same thing happened you yeah. know, World War Two, and... They're like, huh, oh, this would be good for some hot pockets. What? <laughs> <laughs> hot pockets. You know? Hot pockets. It's like... God, I love you, Jim Gaffigan. It you're really, fantastic. Hot pockets... The theme was like the first ASMR. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, not find them now at your local grocery store. Hot pockets in like, your grocer's freezer. Yes. <laughs> Hot pockets. Hot pockets. Do you like burning the inside of your mouth? But somehow there's also ice in the middle of your mouth. Hot filled with ice. I like them French fried taters. Mm-hmm. Just read the entire script of Sling Blade, <laughs> Blade. and ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That went there. We go there. We're like Degrassi. Yeah, we're kind we of all over the place. And we also sh- we'll shoot Drake, too. 
Mm. No? He's got a crew now. Yeah, that's true. Shoot Drake. Yeah. Aubrey. It's not Drake. <laughs> true. Aubrey. Is it Aubrey? Or is it Audrey? Aubrey, I think. Aubrey Bram. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> hey, I think he got his walking ability back, though, within the duration of that show. You're so probably right. It doesn't matter. Does not matter. Uh, as fate would have it, Richard knocked a long spring off of a table filled with various odds and ends. And to his amazement, it didn't land and stay stationary. He kind of walked gracefully as it made its way down. Hmm, 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 hmm. He didn't know what it was he had stumbled upon, but he knew it was going to be something big. And in an entirely wholesome move, the first person he told was his wife, Betty. He said, I think if I got the property of steel uh, and the right tension, I can make it walk. He did all the hands-on stuff, but knew that Betty would be a far more creative person at coming up with a name for his gift to the world. Mm-hmm. So, flipping through the dictionary, brainstorming possible names, she found a word that was defined as graceful and sinuous in movement, line, or figure. Ooh. And that word was slinky. Like a slinky black dress. Ah, yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. And thus, the name slinky would take on a very different definition. Yes. Richard knew that the accidental, accidental design could be perfected, and over the next two years, he toyed around with various different size coils, both in length and in various thicknesses. And he settled upon a length of 80 feet of wire coiled into 98 springs in a two-inch helical spring. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking... <laughs> that, that is. I mean, wow. I it's didn't know there like, was... Fuck bringing a... Uh... You know those bracelets they make for when you mountain climb and it has, like, a six-foot rope on it? Yeah, yeah. Bring a slinky, too. <laughs> wow. Because you're like, oh, okay. okay. 80 feet of wire. 80 feet of wire. Which, I don't know what you can do with it. You can MacGyver yourself. Something. Oh, yeah. You could probably, like, make some kind of rudimentary, like, saw out True. of it. True, yeah. Like a bandsaw. True, fuck. Just imagine the movie Saw, except it's not a saw, it's a... Slinky? Oh, no, dude. Imagine the, the, the movie 127 oh, yes. Hours. Just the slinky. <laughs> the slinky instead of a knife. Oh, fuck. Mm. Not good. No. Not good. New. And the spring that he made relied on the simple law of physics, Hooke's Law, which states that restoring force is directly proportional to the displacement. In layman's terms, as the spring begins its downward journey, its potential energy was converted into kinetic energy, and it would just continue hopping, hopping over itself until it reached a flat surface. That's like the eternal struggle is turning potential energy into kinetic energy. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I'm at work, and I'm like, I'm going to come home and write a script. And I get home, and I'm like... I'm dead to the world. I need to take a nap. Yeah. And then you lay in bed and still can't fall asleep, and you yeah. just wasted all that time, and you put yourself into a... Pit of anxiety because you feel like you're letting yourself down. Yeah. Humans, we're great. Yeah. Look, you took that perfectly good monkey and you gave it anxiety. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, he took out a loan of $500 with inflation that's a loan of about $7,300. Holy fuck. And with that loan, he started James Spring and Wire Company and set out to sail on a completely different sea, a sea of success. But the seas of success were rough at first, and Richard couldn't find any bit 
of calm in the storm that was trying mm. to get distributed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, he was adamant that this was something that could be big, and eventually he found a home for his slinky. It was November 1945, and Richard had secured a deal with a local department store, Gimbals. Which they ain't around. Gimbals. They gone. They gone. Sadly, despite the fact that Gimbals had agreed to sell the slinky in the Christmas display, how could it possibly compete with toy trains and well-made baby dolls? Well, I mean, never, never discount the appeal of simplicity. That's true. It's very true. You know, I mean, look at all all the fads. Yeah. Zing. <laughs> hey Got him. But no, you're right. I mean, we'll eventually touch on Crazy Bones at some point. Oh, Yeah. That's, and pogs and shit. It's just like... Oh, pet rocks. Yeah. Yeah. They're just one fucking little thing. Yeah. So simple. Easy. Yet, they're Huge. still talked about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They still loom large in the collective consciousness. Absolutely. Uh, being a Navy man, Richard wasn't going to sit around and wait for fate. He decided he was going to take things into his own hands. And on one November day, he stormed out of his house telling Betty to meet him at Gimbel's in a few hours. What, tra- what transpired over the next 90 minutes would change their lives forever. He walked into a gimbal's, grabbed one of his own toys, and went outside to give his own demonstration. By the time oh, Betty smart. arrived, Richard sold all 400 units at a dollar each. Which doesn't seem like now, or it doesn't seem like much now, but with inflation that comes over to f- a little over $5,600. That's like almost his entire loan. Just yeah. boom, right there. Yeah. One, sh- one shot. By Christmas of 1945, there were 20,000 slinkies sold, which comes out to around $281,000. Good lord. Quarter mil. A little over a quarter mil. The husband and wife duo took the slinky to the 1946 New York Toy Fair, and by the end of the following year, slinky became a household name. Does it blow your mind that that the the New York City Toy Fair is still going on to this very day? It's crazy. And it's like it hasn't slowed down. It hasn't lost any popularity. It's only gotten bigger. Whereas, like, now... All these big Comic Cons are kind of splitting off into other things. Uh-huh. Just like I, I would literally be, I'll be legitimately surprised if like Wizard World conventions make it to twenty twenty. Yeah, because it really seems like they they are hurt and they haven't made like it's this month and I haven't heard any like or it's not this month. Um, it's in August. But it's just like for you Chicago. Know, uh, all of these studios that used to come to these conventions are just starting conventions of their own. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what's the fucking appeal of going to a convention where now the people that you wanted to see have their completely own convention, you know? Yeah. It's wild. So we jump to 1948, and Richard is struggling to keep up with the demands, a problem he knew he could easily fix. He departed from the warehouse that currently made his slinkies and moved to Albany, New York, and used his mechanical know-how to create a machine that could more efficiently pump, pump those bad boys out. Yeah. And he succeeded in doing that as he created a machine that took the, assemb- the old assembly time of five minutes down to five seconds. Hell yeah. Which is like, fuck, dude. Dude, that's like, fuck. You're right, fuck. That's the fuck. only word that's you can you really can say. think. Uh, the box the slinky was put in was slick and simple. A black box imprinted with Slinky, the famous walking spring toy. In the first two years of production, they sold over 100 million Slinkies. That's a lot of fucking Slinkies. Netting them the modern day equivalent of one point, or no, 
netting them the modern day equivalent of one billion dollars in revenue. Oh, insane! That's nuts. The patent for the slinky was also used by everyone from government agencies to farmers, and by sub-licensing its use, Richard made an untold amount of money, like way in the millions. Oh yeah, easily. By the end of the decade, the toys had been integrated as light fixtures, gutter protectors, wave motion coils, therapeutic devices, and antennas. This, This level of success allowed James to push the envelope throughout the entirety of the 50s, expanding the slinky family with ideas sent in by young fans, including but not limited to Loco, a slinky train. Oh, cool. Susie, a slinky worm, and the slinky crazy eyes, which are those like, <laughs> the, like the springy eyes. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Those things are fantastic. They're so fun. Yeah, they are. For another thing that's just like, for no fucking reason, you just you know, bounce your head back before <laughs> the fucking things come out. Yeah. Hilarious. Especially if you got the the kind that got the the eyes that roll. Yes. You know? Oh my god. Oh, so simple, so elegant, so funny. Hilarious. But the thing that inspired this episode takes us to nineteen fifty two. It was an idea sent in by a big time Slinky fan, Helen Malsed. Together they came up with the Slinky Dog. Slinky Dog. A creation that got Helen a royalty check of $65,000 a year for 17 years. Holy shit! 17 fucking years of just getting $65,000 for doing nothing. Dude, that's baller. That's crazy. I mean, fucking, yeah. I mean, Slinky Dog's awesome. But... She fucking... Dude, she fucking... She hit the jackpot. Her kids and her grandkids and her grandkids' grandkids, like... It's like... Oh. All hail Slinky Dog. That's it. And here is where we take a dive off of the fucking deep end. Uh-oh. One that I could not have foreseen coming by any means. You did not see that coming? Ha-ha. Richard James is a man with, well, saying skeletons in the closet wouldn't be hefty enough <laughs> a statement. Oh, boy. Uh, he had deadites in the closet. Shit. In the cellar, in the attic, in the basement. I swallow your soul! <laughs> Everywhere. It was the mid-50s, and Richard and Betty had started a family. Six children strong. Hello! Six. They were living a happy life in their 31-bedroom, 12-acre estate. Jeez, you'd never have to see one another. Really? Well, I mean, obviously they did yeah, see quite a bit of each other. Me but too. No. Uh, that was in the rich Philadelphia suburb called Bryn Mawr. Hmm, Bryn Mawr. But in an estate that big, it's not surprising that Richard seemed to have lost himself in it. Uh-huh. Isolating himself at almost a Jack Torrance level. <laughs> neglecting his fatherly duties, as well as his, as well as his duties as a loving husband. Mm. The fame had gotten to him. His wife says, he was used to being a big shot. He loved attention, and the source of that attention that never let him down was the act of confessing his sins in church. <laughs> and this, <laughs> this is where the shit really starts to hit the fan. It gets, uh, starts to go off the rails a bit. You see, despite the fact that Slinky had made the James family extremely wealthy, mm-hmm. behind their backs, Richard had been donating money to an evangelical church. Oh, no. Donations which left the family seven figures in debt. What? How? Without? Mm-hmm. Fuck! A debt that also nearly killed the company and the Slinky itself. 
Jeez. James, having once been very interested in making money and providing for his family, started doing wild things like tearing up money in front of his kids. That's a bad idea, no matter who you are. Money that he would tape up, or money that he would, money that they would pick up and tape back together, despite the fact that he ripped it up in front of them and said, I don't need this. Oh, yeah, you do, pal. In February 1960, Richard, abruptly and out of the blue, left on a one-way plane to Bolivia to join what Betty referred to as an evangelical Christian cult. <laughs> In Bolivia, of all places. In Bolivia. By July of 1960, he had severed all ties from his family, leaving the business in his wife's name. So, you're telling me that he dumped his whole fucking family, flew to Bolivia, and joined a cult? Yeah. Well, that was unexpected. Well, look, if he, if he put his family seven figures in debt to give this money to this cult, he basically just paid one-way, all-expense-paid <laughs> trip to fucking Bolivia for, for the everybody entire cult. Yes. And it's like, this is like... What, nine years before the Manson family? Yeah. Yeah. And yet you never fucking hear about this. No. Never. Like, I've never heard about this until just now. Um, this is fucking insane. Yeah. yeah. Look, I'm fucking crazy, but I, I know better than that. He he told his wife, look, you can liquidize the company or you can try to save it. I don't care. Fuck this shit. Deuces. I'm, I'm going yeah. to Bolivia. But Betty was resilient. The real Joan of Arc of toys. Resilient Betty. And the company she inherited was extremely in debt. Mm. She was a single mother to six young children, and she had no idea what she was she could do to turn the tides in her favor. That's fucked up. That idea, well, it was the 60s, and that's when jingles were like all the fucking rage. Oh. Yeah. So, mm. with a little bit of money she did have, she hired three musicians to create a jingle that carried them into a new era of success. Well, it is you a know. good jingle. I it mean, we, we still know it to this very, to this very day. Very memorable. And everybody loves a slinky. Hey! That jingle, paired with the creation of a plastic rainbow slinky, smaller machines that cut costs and up production, and the steel resolve of Betty James was all that was needed to save the company from the chaos Richard had created. Hmm. Good for you, Betty. Fuck yeah, man. Right? Just goes to show you. No. Oh, the skeleton's on the move again. <laughs> ah! That's what he looks like. Um, Betty received word in 1974 that her ex-husband and creator of the Slinky had passed away in Bolivia at 56 years old. Damn, dude, he went out early. There was no way that he just passed away. Oh, no. He was fucking murdered, for mm. sure. Oh, yeah. Like, they got his money. And then they fucking off him. And they're like, you know what? I'm fucking tired of this guy. Do we need him here anymore? Because what what year did he go to Bolivia? 1970? He went to Bolivia in 1960. So he was there for like 10 years. Yeah. Like 14 years. 14 years. And, and then, then they were just like, okay. Which is like, he moved there when he was 40 fucking two years old. Dude. That's fucking crazy. Imagine having six kids by the time you're 42 years old. It's a lot of kids. A six six kids be a multi billionaire. I don't even want a kid. And then just <laughs> I don't even six. own a, a kid. Gun. Let alone many kids that would necessitate <laughs> an entire rack. <laughs> <laughs> a thirty one bedroom house. Oh man. 
That's fuck. That's crazy. That's basically like if you just look at the kids, that's like five rooms per kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I sleep. This, this is my arcade. This is where I play. This is my playroom. This is where I murder hookers. This is my movie room. <laughs> Wait, what was that last one? The Nothing. movie room. Yeah, mo- movie room. Yeah, yeah. Something about a hooker? Uh, no, uh... Said I'm we're a fan watch- of John Lee Hooker. We're, we're, yeah. We got some records going in there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's my, uh... It's my music room. Oh, I thought you said murdering hookers. No, no. It's no, a no. music room with Johnny Lee Hooker. Yeah. I'm listening to him murder the notes. Yes, yes. Murder this record. He's killing it. Yeah. Uh, throughout the rest of her life, Betty took the company that was left to her and made it thrive in ways that Richard could not have possibly predicted. Suck it, Richard. She passed away at 90 years old in 2008 and received a posthumous induction into the Toy Hall of Fame. Baller status. It's just like, you reap what you fucking sow. Yeah. You know? And it's like, a big part of me wonders that if he knew the company was going to be as big as it was, if he would have stayed just to, like, help fund that fucking cult any more than yeah. he already did. Yeah, are you fucking Furby <laughs> over here? Yeah. Oh. I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm, surprised, I'm surprised that she was able to bounce back from that. Dude, not only did she bounce back, she fucking thrived. She was like a dandelion in the fucking cracks. She's like, fuck yeah! Concrete! <laughs> you know who else is like a, di- a dandelion in the cracks? Ooh, Facty? Facty. Yeah. There have been over 3 million miles of slinkies made, enough to circle the Earth 121 times. That's a lot of fucking slinkies. In 1985, they slid a slinky aboard, uh, aboard the Discovery space shuttle, and it didn't quite slink, it just drooped. Right. Just a man, like, just, just like one of those floppy rollers that yeah. you have in the middle. <laughs> yep. Uh, the price point has only gone up around a dollar from the original price, remaining one of the most affordable toys. Oh, yeah. It's only like two three bucks. Yeah. A point of pride that Betty had, who loathed seeing, quote, 60 to $80 toys. Mm-hmm. Well, she would hate hot toys, then. Oh. <laughs> well, I think those are less toys. Well, yeah. They're you more know? display pieces, yes. They're art pieces. That's true. Uh, the Slinky is the official toy of Philadelphia. And That's cool. The 30th of August is known as Slinky Day. That's the day after my birthday. Well, see, you're almost slinky. <sighs> and so we've come to the end of another wild ride here at Toys R Us. Uh, it's fucking bananas to me. It is. It's absolutely nuts. Like That just, was crazier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, way crazier. Because you think slinky, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, slinky. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But no. It is quite the opposite, as much like its namesake. Yeah. Slinky and coiled. Coiled. If you like what you heard and you like what you learned, um, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. Uh, it would help us spring into success. Zing! Hey, and it really would, though. Don't you mean spring? Spring! Ah. Yeah. Uh, you could follow us on all social medias. We are at Toys R Us Podcast across the board. Or you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash Toys R Us Podcast, 
We have multiple tiers, the lowest oh, yeah. being $3. We have something for everyone. Until next time, remember to always make sure your spouse isn't funneling your hard-earned money into an evangelical cult. <laughs> and remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'll meet you at the bottom. There's still one more thing I must do before I go. Can I do it one more time?